Genesis 1-1 is a beautiful text about God creating the world Mm -hmm. and just imagining God designing uh, planetary orbits and creating planets and galaxies. What's wild is as he was doing that, even before he was doing that, he knew you. Mm. And Paul says he chose you. What a thing to think on today. We're in Ephesians chapter one. We're doing this book again. This is something that we often do, and I'm glad we do it. You're listening. Yeah, to you me. you read it uh, in on Saturday, and we're so we're picking up chapter one again. You read yeah. chapter one, so it's yep. a great time, great thing going the second time through. And I'm sorry I interrupted yeah. our great introduction here. Yeah, here. right. Yeah. No, you're listening between the lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott, and I'll get started with verse one. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And that's not a, we talked about this, I think, when we were doing Galatians, that that isn't a, a sign of arrogance that I'm chosen by God. It's more, more like, I can't believe I'm chosen by God. It's more, this is all God's work. It's not me. That's that's what he's saying. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you peace, grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Because all these spiritual blessings, they belong to Jesus since we're united with him. That's that. that that's a major theological position that we have, that we're united with Christ. And that so he took our sin in that union. We get his resurrection and we get all of these spiritual blessings that belong to him. Even before he made the world, God loved us. So even before he made the world, which... I think that's what yeah. you're referring to, right? Yeah. And so He's, what I was thinking about when you were talking about that, that he knew you, he was thinking about you when he was creating all this. And it's, it's like he created it all for us and then made this earth, which is a nest for human life. No other, we know of no other spot in the universe, which is unbelievably huge where there's liquid water. And yet we have oceans of it, which are necessary for us to survive. We could go through all the intricacies of just this planet and how it was the perfect spot oh, for yeah. human beings. One degree, yeah, one yeah. degree closer to the sun, we burn up. One degree further, yeah. we'd be frozen. Yeah, and, and he he made this on purpose for us. Yeah. All right, so uh, God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. Now, there's an analogy that's you've often used with our relationship with God as the new birth. That Jesus coined that term. In fact, being born again, but more often than the birthing term for our coming into God's family is the adoption. So those of you who are adopted kids or you've, you've, you're adopting children, you've got adopted children. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful picture of what God has done for us, that he's brought us into his family. And so God des, uh, decided that he was going to do this, he, that God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse five, God decided in advance to adopt us into his, his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ that is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Again, just the thought of this again, that we could bring pleasure to God. We, we have that capacity, and yet that's how he intended it to be. He takes joy in our existence. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. And if we just spend time this day thinking through Ephesians 1, 
it ought to change our whole approach to everything we do today. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. We talked about that mystery uh, the first time we came through this, and I think it was in chapter three last Monday. Gentiles and and Jews coming together. The Jews coming in. And I mean, the Gentiles coming in. And this is the plan at the right time. He'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, there again, that union with Christ, that's, that's a theological concept, united with Christ. We have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. So it's gonna work out according to how he's planned it. Why don't you pick up in verse 12 then? God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom we promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and he has purchased us as his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Mm. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those mm. he, who he has called, his holy people, who are, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Wow. That's, that's such a powerful passage, though, that last paragraph. And no wonder it's been memorized by a lot of Christians down through the ages. But it's also been viewed as some of the most beautiful literature in the ancient world. Beautiful Greek, you know, and, and Paul's native language would have been Hebrew, but or Aramaic, his native spoken language. But he was a master at Greek. And of course, this is all inspired by the Holy Spirit, yet using Paul's personality. And Paul's well educated. He was. Yeah. He's yeah. a smart guy. Yeah. But the just the the way he lifts up the supremacy of Jesus and then he brings it back to, and we the church are his body. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yeah. And what a great it responsibility is. comes with that. Absolutely. Let's get over to to Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs 8 is for today on this Friday here. And uh, we picked out, see what I pick out here. Verse 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Hmm. If we truly do, you you cannot love evil. And what is evil? That's anything that is without God. You know, I think evil... Evil is not necessarily an entity. It's like uh, hot and cold. There's really no such thing as cold. Cold is just the absence of, of heat. So we have hot is something that's real. Cold is just no heat there. And what is evil? Well, evil is the absence of God when there's when God is taken out. So just logically, if you think this through, you can't really want to follow after evil if you love God. If you love God, there's going to be a holy hatred 
towards that which takes so people away from contextualize God. Contextualize this then, Dad. Essentially, you could say you can't love God and also love dirty movies. No. Because that's evil. Yeah. And that is pursuing evil. Yeah. So as we talked about this week already, you know, with entertainment and all yeah. of that, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, and he goes on, he says, that is why I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverted speech. So he makes it real, you know, real practical. And again, that's what God's word is always. Here's the thing. And this is really important for us to understand why we do things the way we do things at the bridge. We believe wholeheartedly with all of our minds and all of our hearts and every part of our being, we believe in practical preaching. I get bored to tears with preachers who you might as well just be reading a commentary. Okay. That is not biblical preaching. Biblical yeah. preaching. Nor is it depth. I just want to say that. That's not, not depth. No, it's not. That's, that's just for people who don't really want to practice what they're, <laughs> what, what the word of God says. Right. And, and, and I had it up to here with that when I, as a young Christian and in one of the churches I was part of, I felt like these people, they wanted to go so deep, but they did, they were angry with each other. It was just, it was all kinds of sinfulness that was going on in their hearts and attitudes. No, we believe biblical preaching is, yes, explaining the truth of God's word, but then it's practical. This is what it looks like. That's what Solomon does here. He says, all who fear the Lord hate evil. And that's here's what it looks like. That's why I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverted speech. Yeah. All right. So what uh, okay. what's the day today? We're, we're, today we started Hanukkah. Is, and, yeah, uh, well, today's National Christmas Tree Day. All right. So if you don't have your Christmas tree up. Yeah. Get it up, you Grinch. Yeah, you know, I I flew to Wisconsin and uh, and strapped the tree on the no, top of our airplane. Did not fl- do that. <laughs> I was amazed. We <laughs> and some of you know what I'm talking about. We we uh, we posted a picture of Junior's mom and I, Linda and I, uh, standing in front of an airplane with a tree on top of it, and. And it was photoshopped. I, I one of the gals in our church who does communication. She's really good with Photoshop. And I sent her a picture of our, our airplane and also a picture of a Christmas tree and said, "Could you could you Photoshop that Christmas tree onto that airplane?" And she did. I posted. I couldn't believe how many people thought that we really did that. Yeah. You think about <laughs> first of all the aerodynamics of it. You could never get that plane off the ground because <laughs> it, it, it you know it would just because of the. It would destroy the lift, but also think about the tree being shredded, flying through the air at 150 yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> Those of you who believed it, let me just say this. I, I yeah. love you. Yeah, I love you this too. This is how false teaching spreads through the church. <laughs> yes, it okay? really is. It's not be so gullible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, the word gullible is not in the dictionary. You should look that up to see. I'm not going to fall for it. Oh, man. All right. Oh, man. Let's get out of here. It's Friday. It's Friday. Until it's Friday. Yep. Uh, Ephesians 2 tomorrow, and we look forward to seeing you in church. Right. God bless.